Hello everyone, welcome to Data Insights Podcast. I'm Ganesh, co-founder and CEO of Conversite. Looking forward to bringing another episode of our Data Insight Podcast. Today we have Jake Tanler and with a lot of experience in sales and revenue organization is helping uh, multiple customers have seen a lot of challenges and problems in the industry. So I equally want to learn that and then how the technology is helping. So Jake, welcome to the show. Um, yeah. You know, just uh, looking forward to learning. And, uh, yeah, it should be a good conversation. Intro. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, I'm happy to. So I uh, hope everyone's having an amazing day. Uh, I'm Jake Dunlap. I'm the CEO of Scaled Consulting. Uh, we are a sales performance you know, agency for all better terms. So we work with organizations helping to optimize their top of funnel processes and how they generate, you know, 10 to 20% more top of funnel, uh, their sales process and how to accelerate that. And we do that via a mix of process uh, changes and improvements coupled with uh, technology and really our experience with a combination of the two, which, you know, you've usually got a playbook company, you've got an ops company, you know, really allows us to drive meaningful performance-based change, which I think is a big thing that's missing from a lot of training and consulting um, yeah. to make sure that our clients are actually seeing results. And so been talking a lot about AI and generative AI in particular. We, we think it's going to be a, a pretty massive part of um, building the modern revenue organization. And so excited to talk through, you know, some things that we're seeing in the market and, you know, how our clients and others are, are using various, you know, tools and, uh, you know, things they're doing from a process standpoint to stay relevant to customers. Yeah. So Jake, uh, just a little bit on your uh, company. So are you focused on a particular industry, particular size of the organization, any, anything, any context around uh, your services? Uh, yeah. I mean, our clients are all, are all over. I would say most of our clients are in, you know, some growth phase, you know, whether they're, um, you know, a later stage venture back company that's, you know, pre IPO or a you know, private equity back company that's, you know, growing from 20 to 100 million. And then, you know, we do have some clients in more of like the enterprise space, but the, the consistent theme is they're looking to, you know, accelerate growth and they're looking for a partner um, who is going to help them both the strategy, but also the tactical execution, which is another kind of big differentiator. So I'd say most of our clients are in this kind of like growth stages, uh, whether it's the first few yeah. stages of growth, you know, maturity, or you're trying to, you know, add a new business unit or, or revolutionize maybe the way that you're going to market right now. I'm sure like, um, you know, pre and post COVID sales is almost different now, right? Like we used to do a lot more in-person meetings or, you know, golf course and a lot of that stuff. Now it's changing. So is that one of the reason, one of the things, um, you know, driving a change or need for the change if COVID is one of the reasons? Yeah, I think so. I mean, from from my vantage point, um, COVID really just accelerated trends, meaning, you know, we were doing projects about, you know, where people were moving from a field based model to an inside model, um, you know, prior to COVID. Right. So this idea yeah. that more and more business can be done virtually was already what what COVID did is it taught 55 and 60 year old decision makers how to use Zoom and, and how mm. to and how to have meaningful, productive relationship building conversations virtually, which which people didn't used to think was possible. If you ask the average enterprise leader in 2019, can you close a seven figure deal remote? They would have laughed at you. 
And then guess what? We did it. And so I, really what COVID did was accelerate the changes okay. that were already happening in the market um, by helping to further educate buyers on, you know, how to, how to have a meaningful uh, buying process uh, virtually, 100% virtually. Got it. Got it. So, so part of your um, services is also to recommend what kind of new process they need to use, what technology they need to use, I assume. Mm -hmm. Is it more new technologies? No, no. I mean, for us, it's look, we philosophically, there's no such thing as a technology need. There's only process improvement needs. Technologies are yeah, technologies are simply a vehicle that helps you to improve a process. And so, um, you know, that's kind of our and, and but you have to understand what these tools are capable of or you might build processes that are archaic. And that's, you know, we see a lot of sales organizations continue to build and scale the way they did, you know, 15 years ago, just because they don't understand how these things work together today. How you can, you know, really, because these tools are capable of doing so much more, you can build teams differently. So we do a mix of both. We have, you know, everyone, everyone thing from Salesforce certified admins to HubSpot to we're you know, the largest implementation partner for a whole bunch of other tools. Um, so our team is strong on both the sales playbook and process side and also on the, the operation side, which is really how we think every organization should be looking at challenges in the revenue org. So going and getting a new CRM is not going to solve the problem then. <laughs> it's always a process problem, always. Yeah, yeah. So what are you seeing in the market in terms of uh, the trends, like in, in bringing, like, you know, obviously every sales organization out there want to, you know, get more dollars and reduce the sales cost and increase the revenue, right? So what are you seeing as key trends right now? And um, especially in the startup world, in the, in the SaaS world, I'm seeing not grow at any cost, rather grow, you know, efficiently now. So are you seeing some trend overall um, right now in the market from sales operations side? Well, yeah, I mean, I think people invested a lot of money in technology back in 2021. There was a, a yeah. rush to the latest and greatest sales tech. And now here we are two years later and they're like, why are, you know, if we're only using 15% of these tools or 20% of what they're capable of, why are we, why are we investing? You know, we're not yeah. seeing the, the results that we wanted, um, you know, we we're hoping for. So I, I think that the trend is, people are starting to, I think, maybe understand that these tools are not going to just solve your problems for you. So it's not like you plug yeah. in a tool and then like, oh my gosh, we can listen to calls now and conversational intelligence. And now our win rate went up by 15%. So I, I think the, the there's been a pullback, I think, of organizations in terms of really being smarter about the types of technology and change that they, that they you know, think about, you know, potentially what's going to actually drive impact versus this is a shiny new um, toy. So I think big trend would be that. Um, other big trends are, and, and this is one that, you know, there's some scary trends that aren't happening yet that, that are going to have to happen sooner than later. And, and the, the number one is providing multiple buying journeys for different buyers. Um, you know, I'm in the process of writing uh, a book right now, uh, should be out in the spring. And, and one of the core tenants is, you know, if you think about how we buy as consumers today, um, we have different paths. Sometimes you self-service, sometimes you click one click to buy, it shows up the next day. B2B sales buying is identical. 
everybody goes to the same yeah. conveyor belt. Even if I'm more educated, I've looked at your demo online. I've talked to three people in a Slack group I'm a member of, and I, and I still have to go get, try to get qualified by an SDR. And so we have got to start to create more dynamic sales paths for organizations to be able mm -hmm. to triage people that are further down the intent funnel faster and provide a more customized buying experience based on where that person is in the buying process. So I think there's all these different, we've got to catch up. Like we're way behind the way that we all buy in our consumer lives and B2B sales. And we have got to make some pretty big changes here. Um, or the companies are, that are going to win are not going to be the ones that have the best product. They're going to be the ones that provide the most frictionless process. And that, that's already, we've already proven that that's what wins today in our consumer lives. You know, every single day we pick an item that's going to get here tomorrow. And it may not be the item we wanted over the item that's going to get here next week. And so yeah. these, all of these behaviors are going to be important. So again, I think there's technology around like, what's the technology we're going to buy that's actually going to move the needle. And, but I do think that there's some pretty major changes that need to happen to sales processes um, as well that move us away from methodologies and qualification frameworks that were built, uh, you know, almost 30 years ago now. Yeah, I think it's almost, I heard like, you know, customers want to buy than be sold. Whether they want to do the groundwork, they want to do, you know, go figure out what to buy, where to buy, look at all the demos, everything online before even sign up to uh, hook with the salespeople, right? Um, exactly. And nobody, again, like the old days of like, let's hop on a call, let's hop on a call. Like most sales organization, that's still their mindset. We have to get somebody on the phone. And that's just not how people, now there are people that want to do that all day. They want to call in a number and talk to a person. But other people are like, look, I've already vetted you and two other people. It's down to the two of you. I need to understand costs. Help me to get a demo. I'm already ready to loop in these four people. Are you ready to loop in these four people? And we just have to be ready for a more prepared buyer, right? A more prepared um, yeah, individual for the sales process than ever before when people didn't have as much information and a salesperson is responsible you know, for um, all the information and providing all of it. So obviously, bringing the context to it, this is a data insights podcast. So we are talking about a lot of data, even in sales process, a lot of data. So as a company, Conversite is offering uh, data analytics using chat GPT, like, like a natural language conversation. So now I want to bring a little bit context on analytics need in the sales, the modern sales process. So what are you seeing in terms of, you know, the data insights and analytics usage in, you know, in increasing the efficiency in sales organizations? What are you seeing? Oh, we are in a very interesting time right now um, okay. uh, where everyone is providing different level of data and different level of insights, but we're still not solving for the problem. How do I actually fix the problem? Um, okay. A majority of, of tools we see, um, they will surface, hey, Johnny is 15% less effective at this stage of the sales cycle. Um, he needs help. Or, you know, you should suggest that he does this. Johnny doesn't know how to actually improve. Johnny doesn't know how to build a professional development plan for himself. The manager okay. doesn't know how to how to build a professional development plan for Johnny. And so what you're seeing is like a lot of tools that I think show a lot of promise. Um, but without the follow through on how do you actually fix this? 
Like, cool, I know that I'm supposed to get better at multi-threading or insert whatever gap, you know, AI technology is noticed. How do I actually get better at this skill? That is the number one gap in data tools is they, they take you, I call it, there's a holistic loop of show me the data, tell me what to do from the data, and then show me what happens when I took, when I took the action that you asked me to do. We are missing okay. the whole third side of this loop, which is like, what's the action I'm supposed to take? I, you're surfacing an insight, but I don't know the action I'm supposed to take. So I think okay. we've got to figure. I think we've got to figure that out if we actually want to see the the promise of what I think a lot of these tools can do. So giving a recommendation, and second is the impact of that recommendation in in the post implementation of the recommendation. I mean, you've got to be able to try. It's it's that coupled with what do I actually do with the recommendation. There's an, inherent, there's an inherent flaw in many data tools that if we just surface the insights, the managers know what to do. If we just surface the insight, the rep knows what to do. That's just not true. Most people, yeah. you know, you surface an insight and they're like, okay, what do I do with that? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you need to get, you know, or if you've got a, a poor manager, they're like, all right, Jake, it looks like the data says you need to be better at your third closing stage, or one of my favorites is a lot of the data and insights is based on averages and means and not yeah. individual and not individual um, performance. So like one of my favorites is um, talk time, um, like Gong, for example, or some of these other tools that now have this, where it's like, you're talking more than blah, blah, blah. But if you actually analyze top performers, a lot of them talk more. Some of them talk more, some of them don't. And so I think that the issue with a lot of analytics tools, and especially the way that they're like some of the, the ways that they're applying AI, is they're trying to to manage every sales rep to to like a mean, like an average top performer, versus really understanding each rep's like seat, like you know uh, process and rhythm and what their data looks like to help that rep improve, versus like compared to how other top performers, you should do this. Um, which there's some value there. Don't get me wrong, there's value, but but we're continuing to manage reps to the mean, and it just feels a little archaic, you know. Whenever it's like make a hundred calls because we know at the hundred calls that's the average number. Well, Sarah needs thirty videos, and Johnny needs you know fifty emails and twenty calls. You know, I, I think we're we're ready to evolve these metrics to be more more customized to the individual versus the mean. Um, so that would be you know, there's a couple of things in there around you know, data and insights in particular. But but do you see there is an appetite with these organizations whom you are talking to, like to implement new new process towards data analytics and, uh, you know, improve the efficiency? Is there a need for it? Is there an increased need or is it like the same as always? I think it's the same as always. I think people are just looking for a silver bullet to tell them what to do. You know, I think a lot of these tools are getting better at being more prescriptive, like I'm talking about. But I also feel that um, most leaders and actually, you know what, I'm talking through this. Let me tell you the actual issue. The actual issue yeah. is, is, is not the insights. It's the sales process optimization cycle. So what do I mean by that? Think about marketing. When marketing, if marketing is spending $200,000 a month on Google AdWords. They're pumping hundreds of thousands, millions of data points through a system. They will put up an ad, take it down in the same 24 hours because of what's working, what's not working. 
sales organizations are used to optimizing their outbound performance like every six to 12 months, like re completely rewriting sequences. They're only optimizing their sales process every two years. And so yeah. even though you're pumping thousands of data points that say, look, consistently the reps are stuck here, especially these types of reps, um, we should fix that process now and optimize now, now, now. Sales is used to moving at this archaically slow rhythm of optimization that again has to speed up to match the, because we can track the activities, the outcomes, what's mm -hmm. happening. So why aren't we optimizing our sales playbook every 60 days? If you've got a sales team of 100 people, they're, they're averaging 10 demos, let's say a month, you know, you're talking about pumping a thousand demos through a system in a month. Why aren't you optimizing your demo process? The insights and data say this is not working. They don't know how. So in, until we fix okay. the mindset that sales teams need to have a performance mindset of always optimizing, you can give people all the data and insights and they won't know what to do with it because they won't know. They're not used to making database optimization decisions regularly versus in big reveals, you know, uh, as a part of it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So especially, you know, there are, you know, there are different metrics to monitor, different ways to analyze and a uh, lot of complexities, right? So end of the day, quality of data matters and um, it's a lot more. Totally. So totally, totally. But but you can yeah. identify the bottleneck. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, this is not, this is not difficult. You can look at the data and it says consistently the longest part of our sales cycle is X. How do we impact yeah. that by 8%? Nobody, the, the amount of companies that invest tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars in a sales playbook, and we build sales playbooks, and it's, it's frustrating for us at times. And then don't put in place the before and after metrics to even look at like what was the impact is shocking. Like absolutely mm -hmm. shocking how many organizations, um, even when they make a process improvement, they still don't think to track the before and after and then continue to optimize that. It's just not. It's just not how sales organizations have, have operated historically. Absolutely. And now, you know, obviously, we are hearing a lot about AI. And uh, I was going through your blogs and uh, some of the thing about ChatGPT. So, what are you hearing about that? And what's what's real? <laughs> what does, what are your customers feeling about I mean, ChatGPT and AI in general? I mean, it's the most important thing to happen to sales ever. I mean, I, I'm just going to straight out tell you that there is nothing that has happened in the history of sales, not COVID, not anything that is more important than chat GPT and other generative AI tools, um, you know, Bing or Claude too, the ones, something that can surf the internet. Um, chat GPT will be able to do that eventually. Again, they tried it. It didn't work very well, but they, they'll get there. Um, the productivity possibilities of being able to, let's say, take that playbook dynamically and get best practices for people to be able to do very high quality research in yeah. one-tenth one the time um, that they take today. My ability to train a new hire in sales on our industry persona, who we sell to, and have them role play is, is unprecedented. And I can tell you that the biggest miss or issue I see with a lot of sales leaders right now is they are not paying enough attention to it. And instead they're like, Oh, that's cool. We just did a survey last week. We had 400 uh, plus sales respondents. Um, 
70, yeah. I can't, it was like 74% of sales. They said that they're using chat GPT every day or at least every week or month. That's only 20 wow. something percent that said that they're not using it. My friend said, you have all these tools being used and you have absolutely, you're not even harnessing it. So we've created a whole consulting product around how to properly implement, you know, Bing or ChatGPT, whatever the right solution is for you. Um, different ways you can think about integrating some of your own content. Um, it's, it, it's, it's the most important change that every sales leader, you know, and I've said this before, you, you know, these sales leaders need to fire themselves for a few days and just go explore what is possible with these tools. Because when I start to talk about that, it's like, Jake, I didn't even think of, I didn't even think about a rep being able to role play an actual meeting with AI. Hey, AI, I'm meeting with this person. This is what they care about. This is what they do. I've got a conversation. I'm worried about the head of marketing. They've said these two pain points. Here's how we solve. What are the top three objections this person's most likely going to have in the meeting? Like these use cases are just insane. You know, like it's, um, it's just, it's, it's crazy to think what we're going to be able to, to do here. You know what I mean? So like, I just feel like we already have to, um, yeah, we've got to like really, you know, um, like, I, like we've got to start to pay attention to this. This isn't like a, Oh yeah, that's interesting. It's like, no, if you, if you harness the power here, the, the productivity gains are just 20, 30%. You know, and and the other beautiful part about um, ChatGPT and tools like it is the change management lift for reps to use them is low. They yeah. already know how to use them. And so unlike other big sales technology purchases or other things where I've got to learn. So you've got a tool that's relatively easy for reps to understand how to use and can have these massive implications. So, you know, obviously we're doing a lot of this, like you mentioned, you know, I'm talking about this, you know, multiple times a week on LinkedIn and um, yeah, you know, we've got a whole like, you know, kind of surf line that we've developed around this in particular over the last, you know, call it eight weeks that's, you know, just rolling out around, you know, different workshops and kind of custom executive sessions that we're doing for leaders to get up to speed. So I, I just feel like it's the most important, you know, tool, you know, for for people to understand and how to, you know, understand how to harness for their organization. And obviously, you know, we talk a lot about how to do that as well. Yeah, but do you see Gen AI is used most in the marketing on the content generation, content development side, um, than on the sales side? Um, well, I mean, if you it depends. I mean, I would say I would say the most common use case right now, and it's by far the most boring, is um, writing better emails. That's probably the most yeah. common one of like the sequence. This, this yeah. person is a disk assessment. This is a D, so you should make the messaging. It's not that interesting. Like, sure, it's helpful. Like, we we use it with our clients, um, and we've seen um, uh, the it uh, work. So, but there's other applications. Again, some of the ones I just said, like like late stage deal preparation for an enterprise sales rep. Um, you know, a current a, a customer success rep who's like, I've got yeah. a new client. Here's what they do. Summarize it for me. Tell me the five ways that we are probably can impact their business. Like, um, mm -hmm. I've got a quarter, I've got a quarterly business review coming up with Jane Henderson. Here's the last few calls. I'm worried she's going to have an issue with usage. What should I do? Sales leader. Hey, I've got a rep. They're struggling. Help me to build a six week development plan with 35, 35 minute sessions once a week, every Wednesday on these three topics. Like, I mean, my God, like my friends that, that what is possible here is just 
insane in terms of the yeah. productivity gains that you're going to get from this. And, and, and then that you've got the people who are like, look, well, it's not always accurate. I'm like, is Google search always accurate? No. How often do you search Google no. and you, and you get garbage, you know, results. So I just don't think that that sales really understands what's possible. And that's the issue. We don't understand what's possible and we don't understand all of these various use cases. <clears throat> and therefore, um, you know, just how impactful this could be for my sales organization. And then again, some of the things we talked about around data and analytics, right? We're on the you know, data analytics podcast. So, um, you know, the things that it's going to be able to do for sales managers, it's going to help me to build, it's going to help me to do some of the things that I mentioned before, help me to work with John more specifically on what he needs to get yeah. better at, where I can look at the data and then I can build a plan using, you know, the, the LLM of your choice to build a plan that he can interact with and it's native and, you know, actually works. Yeah. See, I think that's what we are seeing, especially when we go to some of these large companies where they can ask questions on general process at the same chat GPT kind of a chat. They can, if they can talk to their data, be it in CRM or, you know, other systems, they can talk and get insights. Uh, in the same tone, same method. And so you got the process questions answered, you got the data questions answered, and you know now it's action, recommendation, as you said. I think when it comes to recommendation, I think I, when I speak to other AI companies and, you know, I think there is, like, who's the expert here? The team or the AI? Can the suggestions or recommendation can be... Um, like accurate, how accurate that can be, because there are, depends on the company, depends on the thing, accuracy matters, like how accurate the recommendation can be. Can they trust the accuracy? Uh, can they just go do it? I think the industry is more, today even we are, we can answer questions. We can start giving recommendations, but how good, is it 80% good, 90% good? That 80% kind of good is good enough. And like compared to yeah. the average sales, the average sales manager rece receives like no professional development on how to coach and build and develop people. So to, to, to be egotistical enough to think myself included, somebody who's been in sales and sales leadership for 20, for 20 something years now, I, I, I do this stuff. I'm like, that's pretty good. Like, that's like, is it like the perfect advice and, you know, is it, oh, this, it's good enough in most cases. Yeah. And to think that, you know, I see a world where a sales manager is going to manage like 40 direct reports, maybe more, because they don't need to answer. What's the value? Is the value of a sales manager a bunch of deal advice? What should I do in this scenario? If that's the value of a sales manager, AI can replace that. AI can replace what to do in deal scenarios. It just can. Like, again, and it can give pretty dang good advice pretty consistently. And especially whenever you incorporate your own content. And obviously, if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me and I'm happy to talk to you about it. But um, it's the, the role of the, the leader as the deal coach being their main value is AI is going to replace that. So what is like your number one advice related to AI for sales companies, sales organizations? Well, I'll send you a link so people can check it out in the show notes. Yeah. Um, you know, we've no, kind of identified, yeah, we've identified, call it nine areas here. You know, three three of those areas, or 
we'll call it um, seven of those in the sales process itself, and then two around leadership that are really the quick, quick wins. So pipeline generation, um, there's two around like how you prep, list, build, and research. And then the other is messaging. So it can help you to prep research and, you know, put together more thoughtful content than ever before. On the sales process side, there's a few. There's big deal, call it complex deal um, mapping and, and understanding. There's, um, gonna, I'm probably going to like blank on one of these, like at the top of my head. Um, uh, there's problem and solution mapping, which is um, great. Like, hey, this is the problem. How do I better talk about ABC? How do I better put together a solution okay. based on these variables? Um, and then there's more like, uh, fo- you know, follow up and continued engagement, you know, help me to come up with an engagement plan for this lead. How do I get people back in the funnel? Uh, and then on the cu- current customer side, there's um, how do I better onboard um, so I can understand what my clients are, you know, what they do, where we might be able to help. How can I run better QBRs and better have a better business relationship? Uh, and on the leadership side, it's onboarding, like I mentioned that before, and um, skill development, you know, being able to put together very specific skill development plans. So those are kind of the nine you know, areas in, you know, pipeline generation, sales process, current customers and leadership, um, that if you implement any of those, you're just going to see a massive increase in the quality of conversation that you're able to have. Um, and the quality of the interactions, you know, you talk about relationship building, you know, we talked about it earlier, the quality that generative AI is going to, is allowing sales reps to have the conversation is just, it's, it's bonkers. And I just encourage any sales leader who's listening to this um, or operations leader, start to just go, go type it in, go type in your buyer mm. persona, go type in, go to Bing because Bing can search the, you know, the internet and say, Hey, I sell to this person. Here's what my product does. You know, what might two pain points be knowing that we're in a down economy, you know, like, and just, you'll start to see, you're like, Whoa, like if I wrote this prompt just a little bit better, like this thing would have been like spot on. And like, you know, when we talk about to sales teams about using it, you know, it's so good at calling out like that one thing, you know, cause you can think of it, you might have been in sales for 20 years, but when you're role playing and it's like, oh, you might want to highlight this. You're like, oh, that's good. You know, it's like, it's like when you go and meet with your manager and your manager gives you an idea. So just think of those, the applications here are quite um, robust. <laughs> and so just really think about, you know, that's kind of the, the nine parts of it that we've, you know, distilled down and we'll, you know, we'll send, um, we'll make sure to include a link where people can kind of check out more detail around that. But yeah, the opportunity is just awesome. Like, it's so great. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I love to include the link and uh, maybe at the same note, what is stopping companies adapting to the AI or Gen AI in, in particular? What, what are they lagging? Do, do they have people like, what are they, what's the fear or what's stopping them in jumping? Uh, yeah, I, well, I think there's a, there's a lot of um, details um, that you could, you could highlight and it's going to be unique to an individual. Uh, the number one yeah. is time. The number one is time. And what I mean by time is what's really interesting. I look as a CEO, I've, I think I've, fi- I'm going to say I've fixed this, but I have a principle. I call it an 80, 15, five. I try to align 80% of my week to things that are going to impact the business in the short term, 15% and like call it the medium term, six to 12 months and 5% of my time to things that I, I need to stay on top of for, you know, a, a year or two to come. Sales leaders tend to operate in 98 to <laughs> where they are not investing enough time 
because of different pressures in understanding what's possible. And so step yeah. one is time. You have to carve out the time. It, look, I didn't, I, you know, I sat down with a friend of mine who's also a, you know, a very well-known sales leader. And I, I knew the importance of it. I could tell pretty quickly. But as he and I had, you know, we had a beer and some pizza and he talked to me about it. Um, I was like, oh, shit. Like, oh, my gosh. And then it's like I equated it to doing like mushrooms every day where like your mind expands where you're like, oh, wait, if you can do that, you could do this. And if you could do that, you could do yeah. this. And so it's just, it's a, um, there's nothing more important than a sales leader to say, you know what, I'm going to listen to Jake and I'm going to take the time out to understand this, or I'm going to hit Jake up and have him help me cheat and get ahead. Um, either are fine. Um, so time is one. Um, and, and then I think it's prioritization. The sales teams are already using it. The sales, they're already using it, man. And so, yeah, um, you've got to, you have to prioritize this. Like, I'm telling what other tool it, it, are people or 70% of B2B sellers already using and you have no strategy around it. None. There's no, there's zero tools. LinkedIn, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Like, so I just, I just feel like if your team is gravitating toward it, those are the leading indicators of, wow, we should be investing more time in it. This is something our team actually finds value in. And yeah. um, so why don't we? lean into this. So I think those are probably two, two of the big culprits. God, God. So maybe let's, let's fast forward with all this AI, Gen AI, and a lot of new technologies, new processes coming. What is the future of this technology, the sales? (laughs) What is the future? The the future? No, there's plenty of room for human in the loops. Um, here's what I'll tell you. The, 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 here's what I do know about the, like, well, I should say, I am pretty sure about the future. If you're in a sales role and you are sending templated emails with very minimal customization that are persona based, that job will go away. That job is gone. I literally just heard last week, an AI calling software, um, cold call software, the script sucked, but just hearing that now I'm like, give it two more years. So if you are in a job and you're in a sales role and you are not investing time in becoming an expert in what your buyers are going through, in becoming an expert at how to guide people through a process, becoming an expert at, at emotional intelligence, those are the roles where you're going to struggle. If your job is just running the same demo for everyone, sorry, AI can do that. So I, I believe that sales reps need to really evaluate the roles that they're in now. And think about: Am I doing something that is rel- that is relatively low EQ, um, relatively repetitive, um, and you know, am I adding a tremendous amount of business value versus relationship value to my clients? Because that's the the other trend is this CFO scrutiny on budgets. That's not going anywhere either. You know, CFOs yeah. are in more more deals than I've ever seen in the history of sales. That's not going to change for the foreseeable future. So. If you're in sales, that's how you can future-proof yourself. That what people will continue to want to talk to people, that people that are super educated on where the market's going, on the trends they need to stay ahead of. CEOs take meet people and, and leaders and executives take meetings with people that make them smarter. So if you're only if you're not really making me smarter, you're just regurgitating things. 
I think it's going to be very difficult. So I would say, I think instead what you're going to see is uh, we're going to have better paths for people that they can self-guide. Um, humans will definitely be in the loop, but the sellers that haven't developed the EQ skills and the ability to add business value, not just be likable and nice, I don't think that mm. there's going to be a, pl a place for them. And then on the sales leadership side, and this candidly for me is one of the scarier, scarier sides, if sales leaders are used to building and scaling a sales organization by adding headcount and quota and not really thinking about how am I going to do this 40% more effectively with 40% less heads, they are also going to become replaceable. Um, it's, a, it's a big issue in sales organizations where a sales leader is almost valued based on the size of the team that they build. You know, Susan gets a team to 100 million. She did it with 40 people. Roger did it with 250. People are like, well, Roger's managed 250 people. But what, what do you mean? Susan did it fit 40. Like, who's the better leader here? <laughs> like, and again, there's a lot of variables there. But I do feel like the way that we build and scale teams, we, we've, we've got a, a group of, of leaders that are aging out that have been implementing Medic and other tools like it. For, since Medic was invented yeah. in 1996. 1996. AOL dial-up. I mean, just just fathom that. The, the main qualification criteria SaaS sales leaders are using was identified in 1996. We're continuing to build sales organizations the same way we built them 20 years ago. And so, you know, on the sales rep side, you need to up your skill sets, your EQ, your business acumen. On the sales leadership side, you need to start to think about building um, teams different and building a process that's customer-centric and not qualification-centric. So I think those are probably the two biggest trends that we're going to see over the next five to 10 years um, where some people are going to make the transition and others won't. Yeah, I was this, just this morning, I was um, watching, uh, you know, a, a Tesla car, you know, someone is searching and uh, the bot is responding to them in a voice call that uh, scheduling an appointment, not selling the car yet, you know, so you know, are we going to see the end-to-end -end sales? Yes. done by a In many cases, in, in, yes. In many cases, yeah. like, look, I don't need a human for some of this stuff. Like, my favorite example of this, okay, I went through this in late 2021. I was trying to, I was trying to pay for Salesforce. I was trying to pay our whole license up front, December of 2021. It took, you know, three days to find out who the rep was. Finally get to that person. Where can I enter my credit card? I didn't need to be upsold. I wanted to just get this off my books. I wanted to get it done. He's like, no, let's hop on a call. I'm like, no, we're not hopping on a call. I want to sign now. Where can I give you my no. credit card? This is a four, I wanted to run my credit card for $45,000. They had to send me a PDF. I can, this is Salesforce. There was no way for me to pay Salesforce with my credit card. And to think that you can, you have to offer these different ways to buy to people. So so the key is, yes, there's a time where we need a person. And there's other times where it's like, I just don't need a person. If, you if, don't need a person. Yeah. I don't. And if COVID showed us that people were willing to buy virtually seven-figure deals, and we said that was impossible. We said that was in, in 2019, I would get nine out of 10 sales leaders I'd talk to. Will people buy million-dollar deals? virtually no chance probably most of them would say a four hundred thousand dollar deal no chance they need the person they need the relationship and then we had 2021 and people were closing deals left and right virtually okay and to think now that we also don't have people that don't want to talk to a person at this step i want to talk to them here maybe after we get to onboarding like let's work on the onboarding you know um 
to think that you, you you're going to have to offer these self service you know buying paths to people that need it, um, or again somebody else is going to offer it and you're going to lose a deal even if your product is more superior. We see that all the time. Speed and and time to value win over you know superior products every day. You know just look at Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the AI is here and the future is here. I think it's all about how we leverage them. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Jake, thank you for sharing a lot of insights and looking forward to continuing our conversation. So, so thanks a lot for your time today. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot in there. So, again, I hope that this is helpful for folks out there. And um, definitely look for me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm very active there. Um, you can find me uh, at scale.com, S-K-A-L-E-D. Uh, feel free, you can email me at jake at scaled, and we'll put some links uh, in there as well for everyone. So thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Thank you.